3: Hello and welcome. It's me, Mithila, and you're listening to the Inside Line Formula One podcast.
0: Hi, guys. Hi, Mithila. Mithila, welcome back. I keep saying this every episode. Yeah, I feel like
3: you're always welcoming me back, Kunal. Like, yes. When does it stop?
0: It, it, I don't think it'll stop ever. <laughs> welcome back to the Inside Line F1 podcast. Welcome back to our listeners as well. Uh, it's been a week since we've been here. And in fact, this week is what we call it the treat for Formula One fans because we've, we're getting turkey back on the calendar and the famous turn eight that's there maybe we can make a drinking game out of this mm-hmm. and now we have Mithila back on the inside line f1 podcast thank you, as thank well you. <laughs> it's like a treat over a treat
3: <laughs> Kunal, uh, our listeners should have a drinking game but every time you welcome me back they have a shot
0: just a shot yeah, single be or drunk double. by the time
3: the year is over
0: <laughs> yes but uh, we actually have a very intense shot. This episode, right, Mithila?
3: yes, guys, we have a treat for all of you our listeners. We actually have a Lando Norris interview later on in this episode. Guys, of course, I've heard it, and I must say that it's a it's a pretty awesome interview actually, because it offers rare insight uh, into the mind of Lando Norris, Kunal, you know, uh, as a racing car driver and as a social media personality that we all know and love.
0: yes, I mean, I've so, heard
3: guys, stay tuned. that's stay awesome.
0: Stay tuned, yes. Like I said, it's a double treat. You know, Turkey's back, Mithila's back, and we have Lando. So we've literally split this episode into two. I guess the first half is going to be with Mithila, and then the second half, we have Lando Norris. But the Lando Norris interview is courtesy of our friends at Park Ferme. Uh, it's a leading motorsport website of the Nordics. Uh, it is run by Seaman, uh, who's, you know, who's a core driver in rallies and an accredited journalist.
3: So for all of you listening to us from the Nordics, guys, go and check it out. Go and check out Park Ferme. It's some really awesome motorsport content. Y'all will enjoy it.
0: And in fact, for those listening from the Nordics, Siemens was very kind to extend a 25% off promotional offer towards Park Ferme's subscription service. So just use the code PP, that's Papa Papa, PP2020, all together. I'm going to actually put the code down in the episode description. So thanks once again for collaborating with us, Seaman and the guys at Park Ferme.
3: Right. Uh, But you know what, Kunal, before we go off and talk to Lando Norris uh, and run his interview, I think we've got quite a few things to talk about ourselves, right, in this episode. Uh, For all of you who can't wait for the Lando Norris interview, it's going to be at around the 20-minute mark of this podcast.
0: Or 22nd.
3: Yeah, it depends on how much we speak.
0: Or 23rd. Yes, Yes, how much we speak. I mean, I'm not going to miss the chance of having Mithila on the show as well. Yes, we've researched a lot of notes, and I know I you
3: love our band, though, don't we?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I know you guys are all waiting for the Lando Norris interview, but but here's a quick uh, overview of what Mithila and I will speak in this episode. So just wait before you skip forward like twenty odd minutes or something, right? So we look forward to Turkey. Some quick facts, figures, and some numbers. And my memory from the 2010 Turkish Grand Prix.
3: Yes, and at Turkey, actually, Lewis Hamilton will have the first of many chances to win his seventh Formula One World Championship. Uh, the math is actually quite simple.
0: It's as simple as Lewis is going to win, doesn't matter when.
3: <laughs> yes. And uh, I also want to talk about a driver who is popular, but for all the wrong reasons, Romain Grosjean. Uh I know fans love to troll him. Uh, But, you know, a few minutes of Roshan. I'm going to do that later on in the show. Uh, Kunal also, Formula One launched official fragrances a few days ago. And I'm wondering if this requires any airtime at all later on in our show.
0: And we've not been paid for it. So no airtime for them. Because, you know, if it's an official fragrance of Formula One, and if it's not smelling like, say, petrol or burnt rubber, basically, you know, the smell we'll get in a garage... I don't think it needs any uh, time or any wallet time from me, at least.
3: Yep. And uh, you know what? It's like $250 for like this piddly little quantity of whatever they've bottled.
0: Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> it I, reeks
3: of capitalism yes, and consumerism.
0: And opportunism, right? Yes, but it that's, reeks. <laughs> Yes. So, okay. I'd rather talk about F1's financial result for Q3. There was a loss. I'll give a bit of an explanation towards that.
3: Yeah, and guys, if Kunal makes it all boring with uh, you know discussions around F1's balance sheet, I'm just going to interrupt him and talk over him and we're going to discuss if rival teams should allow uh, Alonso to participate in the Young Driver Test in Abu Dhabi. Uh, before we continue, uh, shout out to Lucien. Lucien, we love you, we love your tunes, we love your music. And I promise we're going to send our predictions for next week's Grand Prix, just in time.
0: <laughs> and for those eager to listen to Lucien's music, please search for Lucien Byfield on Bandcamp. His, You know, there's a link to his Bandcamp profile in the episode description. Feel free to go there, click and enjoy his tunes, right? But now let's get started. I am excited about Turkey. I think it's a great circuit that should offer some fun racing. You know, lots of overtaking opportunities given how hard it is, you know, on the brakes. And guys, I know it's a Herman Tilke circuit, but it is probably one of the more challenging ones that he has designed, I would say.
3: And I think this is the one weekend, Kunal, when Philippe Massa, of all people, is going to be mentioned like the most because he has an impeccable record here. Like, I'm surprised they've not named a corner or a curb or something after him just, yeah.
0: <laughs> or a curb or even a, you know, what almost every driver, including Lance Stroll has, which is a grandstand name after them. But you could actually, guys, do a drinking game each time Felipe Massa is mentioned in the commentary I, I as feel well. like we're
3: suggesting way too many drinking <laughs>
0: games. Guys, you, you have to be a responsible drinking age before you do that, right? But... Uh, Drinking games and Felipe Massa aside, like you said, you know, Hamilton's first of many chances to win what is the inevitable, you know, his seventh Formula One World Championship. Uh, Simple math, like I said, he needs to outscore Bottas by like eight points. That's all that's required.
3: Well, Kunal, it's a shame that no fans will be present at the circuit to witness this historic moment in Formula 1. But I guess that's how Formula 1 2020 has been for all of us, you know. And hopefully
0: not 2021.
3: Yeah. And by the way, Hamilton raced at Turkey before. And Hamilton won here in 2010.
0: Yes, 2010. That's like the most special race uh, for me as well. It was my first race in Formula 1 as a team member of the Force India Formula 1 team. But more importantly, it was also the first time I met Michael Schumacher for real, like in person, real, you know, uh, great stories, great memories, not for this episode yet. But uh, Hamilton actually won the race in 2010 because I remember Vettel and Weber came together in the race while battling for the lead. That was the key moment that time.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't forget that moment. Sebastian Vettel walking off in disbelief. And uh, I remember a clip on social media, then it revealed that Wettel sat in like the Marshalls car in the driver's seat. And he did a few wheel spins, I think, before he screeched his way in, you know, in, uh, to the paddock in the Marshalls car. You remember that?
0: Yes, you know, Sebastian Vettel in his heydays, I would say. And talking of Vettel, I guess this is the first circuit of 2020 where he returns as the last winner. That's just how bad the last <laughs> 12, 15, you know, 24 months have been.
1: Insane.
0: Yeah, of course, we don't have Singapore. Otherwise, he would have been the last winner of Singapore as well. I haven't checked this stat, guys, so do not hold me to it. Of course, tell me if I'm wrong. But like I said, it's just something that came on the top of my mind. Yeah,
3: it's an interesting thought, Kunal. And also, this weekend is Red Bull Racing's 300th race in Formula 1. That is a huge number in itself. And uh, by by the way, Kunal, I I know I'm totally like all over the place and I'm digressing like crazy. Uh, But guys, the cat in the paddock at Imola, his name was Formulina.
0: Formulina. Yes. Okay. So cute. right? So you have actually gone from talking about uh, bulls to talking about a cat. And that's quite a jump. I would say Yeah, I just
3: wanted to put it out there before I forgot.
0: Yes, Mithila loves her feline company. I must say that. And uh, but I must actually also admit that you know, when Formulina's videos came up in my feed first, I actually double checked to see if it was the Formula One handle. Or if it was one of the thousand cat video accounts I follow on social media. Cat
3: videos are awesome.
0: Yes, but uh, guys, back to more serious stuff. Hamilton's seventh title is a possibility this weekend. And Parag Shetty, one of our listeners who loves doing statistics around Formula One, sent us this mind-blowing statistic, right? So only 10 of Lewis Hamilton's DNFs have been attributed To car failure.
3: Wow. Can you believe it? That's crazy. And you know, Kunal, that actually just shows me how reliable Formula One has been and uh, how that reliability has actually played such a strong role in Lewis Hamilton's uh, fantastic numbers. True. I mean, I just remembered that one of those DNFs actually cost Hamilton a world title. Malaysia 2016.
0: Yes, that, yeah. can you believe it? One DNF yes, that he did. One need. out of ten. Yes, I mean, of course, it's a it's a hypothesis, it's a speculation that he could have won that year and so on. But you know, uh, Parag and the guys at Pits to Podium, they pull out some amazing statistics, and we are happy to read them out to you. You are, of course, you know, welcome to go follow them on social media to you know, follow all the charts and so on as well. And and since we're on numbers, I'm going to take this opportunity to just slip in uh, the fact that Formula One uh, made, a, you know, about $104 million loss in Q3 uh, 2020. And uh, let's remember, guys, actually, it's it's fairly good a recovery given that it's a COVID-19 impacted season. And uh, just the fact that we've gotten this far in itself is commendable, Mithila.
3: Ral, absolutely. Like, you know, hopefully... We'll end 2020 with 17 races. But I think back in March, we thought there'd be no racing in 2020. So 17 races is... I'll take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was not even the worst case scenario. That was like the normal scenario. No races in Formula 1. That's what we all thought, you know, when the fiasco happened in Australia, right? But uh, Formula 1's Q3 loss is attributed to one-time payments it has made to teams for signing the new concord agreement uh, also we've seen an increase in the number of races held in q3 uh, you know in, in 2019 there were seven races in 2020 there were 10 races and so on and of course the fact that you know fans aren't allowed at the races this season so major factors as to why there's been a a loss uh, this season.
3: That's interesting. And Kunal, thank you for keeping it short. (laughs) I was really scared that you were going to go on and on rambling and I'd have to interrupt. But uh, let's move on to another very interesting topic. And guys, this is a question for all of you listening in. Do you all think that rival teams should allow Alonso to participate in the young driver's test in Abu Dhabi? Uh, And we'd actually love to hear what you all say because Kunal, personally... I think it's only fair to stick to the rules and not let Fernando Alonso test. I mean, he is not a young driver by any means.
0: Absolutely. I Not even close. Not even close. He's 39 years old. He's in fact going to end up being one of the oldest drivers in Formula One after Kimi Raikkonen once he comes back next season. But, uh, you know, I concur. That is my view as well. The rule clearly states that a young driver is someone who's done two Grand Prix or less. So it's... Only fair that rival teams have sort of overruled Renault's request. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's just how it is supposed to be.
3: And frankly, you know, I would have loved to see Alonso in a Formula One car um, sooner than the better, honestly. But I'm also prepared to wait till 2021. Yeah,
0: because so. that's what that's when he told us he's coming back in exactly. 2021, not 2020. <laughs> right. But uh, also, guys, the rules also state that the FIA could make an exception, and this is why Renault asked. But, you know, I think this is done and dusted. There's no exception coming. Uh, as we all know, you know, Racing Point was one of the teams that sort of put the exception in place or or, or stopped the exception from happening. They, they said no to it. So, you guys have all got to wait till 2021 to see Fernando Alonso back in a Renault. Okay. But uh, that's it. I'm just keeping an eye on the timer before Good. we play Good. the Lando <laughs> Norris interview. Let's take... Two last points before we move on. And uh, I'm going to actually pick uh, Matia Binotto's decision to attend fewer races starting from the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix. So he's not going to be in the paddock this weekend. And uh, I think this will be the norm going forward, especially for team management, you know, as we get closer to a 25 race calendar. Uh, we will see team members rotate and probably skip a few and so on. And just just before we sort of sat to record this episode, Formula One announced a provisional 23 race calendar for 2021.
3: Wow. And I think, Kunal, if one thing uh, good has come out of 2020, it's that work from home is a reality. Uh, and, you know, like, given how much F1 personnel travel, I'm sure, like, for example, uh, Binotto is just going to use this work from home time to yet be tuned into all the communications like he would normally do at a Grand Prix weekend. Minus all the endless travel.
0: Yes, and you know, eSports is the only way they try to have F1 drivers work from home. But I'm glad that that role still requires them to be physically present and it's not happening over a computer or something. Not to say that the cars they drive are not computers in itself. But you guys get the gist of what I'm saying, right? But... um. Also on Binodo, I wasn't one bit amazed when he admitted that he needed to sort of rehearse three times before uh, making the, hey, we won't renew your contract uh, call to Sebastian Fettel.
3: Yeah, actually, I was thinking the same thing. And Kunal, it's also very Italian to be so dramatic. (laughs) But yeah, I think this was an important call. So nothing wrong in rehearsing, you know, the best delivery possible. (laughs)
0: Especially because it's Sebastian Vettel, such a great ambassador for Formula One and for Ferrari. And, you know, since you mentioned drama, that's also been the centerpiece of Ferrari since the days of the commentator or Enzo Ferrari, as, you know, he was called.
3: Well said. Anyway, Kunal, my last point to talk about is actually Romain Grosor. And uh, Is
0: it because he's in a house and he should always be sort of last? So the last point you want to talk about oh is and I know
3: <laughs> you love making fun of him. So do I. And... Uh, I think our listeners love listening to our jokes about Romain Groshaw. but and honestly, Marcus Ericsson. Yes, yes. Uh, I think he'll continue to crop up in our jokes even after he's left Formula One. Poor but, chap. Yeah, but I think Romain, Romain Groshaw has been such a gentleman in his entire uh, handling of this uh, Haas exit. So well done.
0: Yes, and I have to admit, I I added a lot of jokes, but uh, you know the way you just mentioned about Roman being uh, such a gentleman with you know his handling of this exit. something about him just feels so much more human than most other Formula 1 drivers. And at least that's, you know, how I feel because, you know, the Roman we know uh, makes mistakes. He's often the butt of everyone's jokes, just like all of us. We make mistakes. We are the butt of people's jokes in parties and social settings. And, uh, you know, now uh, Grosjean has, of course, been very open in saying he's struggling to exit, uh, sorry, struggling to handle his exit uh, from the Haas F1 team. He said he's not sleeping well. Again, just like the most of us wouldn't, you know, when faced with such a crisis in our career or or our lives. And, you know, these traits just should end up making him more likable rather than a bait for all our jokes, I would yeah, say. Yeah,
3: actually, they make him so much more relatable and, uh, yeah. Let's be a little uh, kinder to him, Kunal.
0: Is that why you took a pause? Because you realized that there was a joke and you didn't want to crack
3: it. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, also a general reminder that it was not it was not Truman Grosjean who blamed Ericsson for his crash behind the safety car in Baku. It was actually his engineer on the radio. Okay, so the, just putting it out there.
0: Yes, thank you for bringing this up because... Last race, we all remember, you know, George Russell, uh, he got all our sympathies for crashing behind the safety car. And it was heartening to see, you know, Grosjean and Lewis Hamilton reach out to him publicly as well. So Russell, of course, got the better side of our emotions, I would say. Yeah.
3: And uh, speaking of which, Romain Grosjean also revealed that Russell was actually the only driver to kind of reach out to him. And he did so on WhatsApp after hearing about his exit from Haas. And Kunal, I didn't think this was altogether that strange, because, you know, we've spoken to uh, uh, Kevin Magnussen, we've done interviews with him, and, you know, he was very categorical in saying that Formula 1 drivers aren't friends, actually, outside the paddock.
0: Yes, I, I actually remembered the same uh, interview when when I heard of, you know, the fact that Roman had only one driver reach out to him, and anyway, but... You know, I tweeted this uh, when this this story broke, and I'm going to repeat what I said on the, on our show. So I'm actually surprised that Kroshaw received a WhatsApp message and not like a farewell presentation or a goodbye letter from George Russell. <laughs> because one. Yeah, because George Russell has set two benchmarks in, in Formula One. Uh, you know, the first being, of course, his qualifying performance in Q1 and getting into Q2 on the Saturday, Mr. Saturday, as, you know, he's now fondly called. And, uh, of course, the second being his communication preferences, you know, how he made a PPT uh, to Frank Williams to explain why he should be a good hire for Williams. And, you know, then after crashing behind the safety car, he wrote a letter to the Williams team apologizing to them. So, two very distinct benchmarks that George Russell has set himself. Yeah,
3: he's an interesting guy. And Kunal, now this is the moment we're going to speak about the other British driver. I think lots of our listeners have been waiting for this moment. Guys, we're going to talk to and going to talk about Lando Norris. Um, he has established himself in Formula One in a rather short time already. Uh, he's a quick racer with an infectious personality. Um, That just sounds like a strange word to use in these times of (laughs) Corona Kunal. I apologize. He always
0: has a mask on though, I
3: must I I, I, I kind of stumbled even while saying it because I was like, "Uh uh-uh, that doesn't seem right. But anyway, Lando has literally won hearts and accolades with his on-track performances, his Twitch streams, very importantly, and oh, his social media comments. I love them.
0: Yes, I mean, he's an absolute delight in every way. I love, you know, attending his press conferences. I love his banter. Online and in real life. And
3: on the radio, let's not forget. Yeah,
0: I mean, how can? of course, I don't think we'll ever forget, you know, that it's broken, it's broken message uh, when it came out in Spa last year. I think he was on for his best result ever at that time. And of course, he's gone and scored a podium after that uh, at the first race this season. And uh, also the other radio message when... He asks his engineer saying you mean like forever like forever and so uh-huh. on so great entertainment lando but like i said big thanks to seaman from park Ferme for this interview uh you know if you're from the nordics and you wish to consume top class motorsport content please use pp 2020 as a code to subscribe to park for me you'll get a 25 percent off
3: and guys just one last question before we get the lando norris onto our show And, you know, this one's like a trademark question on our podcast. Guys, with which team do you think Lando Norris will win races and maybe even a world championship with? Tell us, we'd love to know what you think. You can write to us via our Facebook page, where the Inside Line F1 podcast on Facebook as well.
0: Yes, write to us and a lot of you even tweet out to me on Twitter I'm at Kunal Esha again there is a link to my twitter profile and Mithila's twitter profile in uh, the description we'd love to hear from you and uh, Mithila on your question uh, to me lando norris's best bet is with mclaren and he will really hope that with mercedes powers uh, with the mercedes power units uh, you know from 2021 that you know the team is able to sort of challenge at the front even more so and hopefully go on to become a force to reckon with from 2022 once the new regulations come in.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a shame if uh, Lando's career is stuck because of lack of competitive seats in Formula 1. And of course, Tukunar, Lando's not going to be the first driver to be stuck in such a situation, but still sad nonetheless.
0: Yes, remember Nico Hulkenberg, guys? He's pretty much stuck in a similar situation, even Checo Perez. And But sticking to Lando Norris... Um, You know, I love how he's held up and held up so well against uh, the Carlos Sainz uh, challenge at McLaren. And all eyes now, uh, you know, will be on how he handles the Daniel Ricciardo challenge in 2021 at McLaren. And, uh, you know, the perception is that Ricciardo is faster than Sainz. And that's just because Red Bull Racing chose to keep Ricciardo and let Sainz go, you know, in their driver program. So 2021 will define what Norris's future in Formula One will look like.
3: Perfect. So guys, right up next is the Lando Norris interview. We've actually taken uh, excerpts from Park Fame's full interview. Uh, in this interview, Lando explains how he would cope with the season if he's stuck in a bad car and how he handles his social media activities and Twitch streams.
0: You know, I, I when I was actually listening to this interview and... and Putting it all in place. Uh, I couldn't feel that Lando is a 20 year old driver who's (laughs) offering life and motorsport philosophy, you know, how to handle bad results and talking about self belief and about all else, uh, you know, explaining how he copes with struggles and, in fact, something very funny. He's never had a bad season in his motorsport career till date, and he sort of goes on to explain why. So, Yeah, so it's now time for us to step back and time for you to sit back and enjoy the Lando Norris interview with Park Ferme and Seaman. Uh,
2: I, I know that you are very, you're very popular in Norway. Uh, maybe, really? yeah, maybe one of the most popular. Uh, why? <sighs> Well, what kind of guy are you? You, I mean, <laughs> young guy on social media, so all this stuff, and and yeah, you you appeal to very many young Norwegian fans.
1: Ah, that's cool. I love Norway. Then I
2: love Norway. You, uh you don't, you just say that to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never,
1: I've never been, I've never been, but I would say it.
2: You have to that, try rallying then. I, I'm a co-driver in a rally, so I, I have a lot of experience with that. To, to be in one line in the tracks, you know. So that yeah. that you should try one one time. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I would. I mean, I would love to if there's a lot of space.
2: Okay, if but there, that, if that's the purpose of rally. No space, you know. So yeah,
1: I know, I know. But if there's a tree, I'm I'm quite likely to hit it. So yeah, uh, ah, maybe maybe one day, maybe one maybe day, one, yeah then then i'll try it
2: let's see as you may know as a a driver you can't say what you feel every time and and you don't want to blame everything it's very difficult for for the audience and the fans to maybe believe in in all these blames can you can you also relate to to that uh, stuff
1: yeah of course i think that's one of the easiest things to relate to is there's a lot of things you know as a driver and within within the team that the, the the people on the outside never find out you know um there's always different pictures and people who are watching always create stupid ideas and come up with their own fantasy and their own thoughts and and whatever um because it's very easy for them it's easy to just to see someone in P15 and go ah he's not doing very good but as a driver i'm sure he knows that and he understands that but people on the outside um and fans they won't they won't think of that you know they want to judge very easily and just go ah it's his fault and they want to make it an easy uh something easy to say and and that's something that happens all the time now with the the fans with some fans and people on the internet is that they only want to see the bad way of it they, they don't think of any big picture um and it's the same like what we have now in Formula one or within within any category people just wanna um guess all the time and they don't understand anything really so um if you have one bad weekend because you have some problems with something um, sometimes you don't tell everyone, you know, sometimes maybe I have different, I have some, I don't have some upgrades on the car or, um, uh, we've had some problems, but I don't say to the media, I have all of these problems, but within the team, we know that we had these problems or maybe the car wasn't as quick, but, um, you don't go out to the media and say, yeah, these are all, I, I had these problems and my car was not as quick and, and anything like this, but, um, so, you know, it, and I would know it. myself okay the next weekend i know i'm going to do better but the people on the outside and and the people watching they won't know any of this and they'll just go ah he's obviously he's just not very good he's he's you know he's not quick enough he's not a good enough driver because that's what they want to say that's what they just want to guess and and try and sound like they're clever and that they know everything when they don't know anything you know so it's it's the it's people now it's it's what people are like for some reason they want to think that they are the clever people in the world and they don't just stop from it and think, OK, maybe there's a reason behind this, you know. So um, it's, it's tough because there's a lot of people like that nowadays um, and on, the, on the Internet, uh, always trying to, to, to say that you're terrible or you're not good enough comparing to this person or um, you need to give up or anything like this. So it's, it sucks because you you'd see it a lot of the time on, on social media for every driver um but uh, as long as i know or he knows or any driver knows that they can do a better job and they understand the reason then you kind of have to forget what what other people say
2: also how is it to to be uh, in a ride in in you know have the flow with good results and suddenly in one year everything breaks down and you are at the best, maybe fifteenth, sixteenth, or, or uh, under twentieth. Uh, how is it to 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 be a driver and and in these situations?
1: Um, well, I mean, if you believe and you know you're good enough, then you should be able to keep fighting, right? So um, maybe if you can't win the races, you have, you can work on the different areas. So you work on your racing, you work on um, trying to maximize a bad package. You know, if the car's bad, how can or what can you do to, or what can anyone do to make the car better? Um, is it the people around you? Is it your team? Is it your engineer? How can you maybe push your engineer to work better or understand what you need from the car more? Um, you know, figure out the problems. You know, it's this is it's. Um, there's different scenarios you can be in. You know, if you're winning the race, you experience different things from people who are who are at the back or maybe in the middle because you have to achieve different things um and if you're in the situation when you're towards the back you have to realize what can i do in this situation that will make me a better driver and that is pushing everyone around you pushing the team understanding why or what the other teams are doing better and, and things like that so mm. it's uh it's not easy and it's something like this these kind of things you learn throughout the years and still into formula one I'm, I'm learning now and trying to improve but um I guess that's that's the main thing you can do and and in the end of the day you need the belief uh for yourself mentally for yourself to know that um it will eventually become better or if you go to do something else you can do a better job then then you need to keep believing that because that's the uh your self-belief is the biggest motivation that you have you know so um yeah i guess that's it
2: have you have, have any setbacks in your career like this um uh,
1: I don't know.
2: No, you'll be good all the way. I don't.
1: I don't want to sound <laughs> you, like. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to say. I've you been need one, Lando, the You way. need
2: one now. You need one petal season now, right?
1: <laughs> but uh, I I guess I had like Formula Two last year. It was my worst season, really. Um. Uh, with well, I finished P two in the championships. Not <laughs> the, end the worst. Of it. it's, <laughs> it's not the end of the world, but I struggled a lot more throughout the year. Yeah. Um as a team, I think we, we struggled a little bit more and uh, we weren't always as confident and I wasn't as confident in, in what I had to do. But um, I still believed I could do a, a good job and I was good enough. So I kept fighting. We we were working on it. And and then the end of the year, we, we were quite strong again. So, um, yeah, I've not had any had any big ones. And I guess that's because I feel like I've... I've always been with the correct team i've had the right people around me um to put me with a good team and and to choose the correct engineers that will work well with me and understand what i how how i speak and, and what i want from the car um and uh yeah i don't know sometimes you can be unlucky in the end of the day sometimes you can be with a team which just does something wrong or doesn't figure out how to set up a car properly and then you maybe you are a bit unlucky but
2: as you may know as a, as a driver you can't say what you feel every time and, and yeah. you don't want to blame everything it's very difficult for, for the audience and the fans to maybe believe in, in all these blames can you can you also yeah. relate to, to that uh, stuff?
1: Yeah of course I think that's one of the easiest things to relate to is there's a lot of things you know as a driver and within, within the team that the, the the people on the outside never find out you know um, there's always different pictures and people who are watching always create stupid ideas and come up with their own fantasy and their own thoughts and and whatever Um, because it's very easy for them it's easy to just to see someone in p15 and go ah he's not doing very good but as a driver i'm sure he knows that and he understands that but people on the outside um and fans they won't they won't think of that you know they want to judge very easily and just go ah it's his fault and they want to make it an easy, uh, something easy to say. And and that's something that happens all the time now with the, the fans, with some fans and people on the internet is that they only want to see the bad way of it. They, they don't think of any big picture. Um, and it's the same, like what we have now in Formula One or within within any category, people just want to um, guess all the time and they don't understand anything really. So um, if you have one bad weekend, because you have some problems with something um sometimes you don't tell everyone you know sometimes maybe i have different i have some i don't have some upgrades on the car or um uh we've had some problems but i don't say to the media i have all of these problems but within the team we know that we had these problems or maybe the car wasn't as quick but um you don't go out to the media and say yeah these all i, I had these problems and my car was not as quick and, and anything like this but um so you know it and I would know it that myself, okay, the next weekend I know I'm going to do better, but the people on the outside and and the people watching, they won't know any of this. And they'll just go, ah, he's obviously, he's just not very good. He's, he's, you know, he's not quick enough. He's not a good enough driver because that's what they want to say. That's what they just want to guess and, and try and sound like they're clever and that they know everything when they don't know anything, you know? So it's, is the is people now it's is what people are like for some reason. They want to think that they are the clever people in the world and they don't just stop from it and think, okay, maybe there's a reason behind this, you know. So um it's it's tough because there's a lot of people like that nowadays, um and on the on the internet, uh, always trying to, to to say that you're terrible or you're not good enough comparing to this person or um you need to give up or anything like this. So it's it sucks because You you'd see it a lot of the time on on social media for every driver. Um, But uh, as long as I know or he knows or any driver knows that they can do a better job and they understand the reason, then you kind of have to forget what what other, other people say.
2: Uh, you changed the topic for me when we talk about the social media and, and people on the internet. And, and you are the king of social media in, in Formula <laughs> One. Maybe I heard that a lot before. Uh, yeah. And also, you, you also uh, mentioned this, that it's not everything you can't say to media. But, but our impression is that you are very open, very honest. It's a very r- true, real picture of you in, in uh, at your social media account. Yeah. And maybe also that because McLaren allows you, I guess. Uh, can you... Can you Tell me a little bit about how that works, how how free you are, do, do, you, do you control your accounts by only yourself, or how does that work for, for you?
1: Um, yeah, so I guess for my, my social media, um, I control everything. Um, my uh, my PR team run uh, Team Lando, which is on Twitter and Instagram, um, so they run a lot more of the, you know, all of the other pictures and information about the race weekend and, and everything, so like i i almost have two accounts i have my own account which is everything i do and everything i post and everything i say then there's um the team lando which is also my account but is completely run by people who have more time to write about everything and give fans information and and post pictures and and things like that and post about uh, clothing or prizes you can win and stuff like that so um yeah i mean i'm 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 open to what I can do. Um, of course, there's rules and there's things, especially when you come into Formula One and you have sponsors and partners and everything that you have to stick to a little bit more. Um, and you can't be completely free, but it's it's very open. Um, I think it's it's changed a little bit since I've almost done what I've done. You know, I've um because of what I have done in the past. I think it's changed a little bit um, in the last few years with how much we are allowed to do as, as drivers. I think it was a bit more strict um, two years ago, for example, than what it is now. Um, but it's nice, you know, it's it's good that it's changed. I think it's changed in a good way. It's allowed me um, to express or s- allow people to see more behind the scenes or what a Formula One driver does. So I guess that's, that's one of the good things is um a lot of more people in the world see me as another normal driver, not some person that only shows um that he drives in fancy cars and has a nice big house and flies on a private jet and does Formula One, you know. So I still show that when I go home, I go on my simulator or I go and play Call of Duty, um and I do those things like you know, like a normal person.
2: Yeah, and you are funny as well with all these banter,s and 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 you aren't afraid to say any cool things, which uh, can <laughs> start some discussions. But 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 uh, yeah. that also we as an audience we, we do like that. So, but yeah. um, when I mentioned about these things you can't do and can do. Um, this uh, in, in winter about launching the car, it was said that you were kind of revealed that by an accident. Uh, yeah, well, was that a plan? planned thing for you as a strategy <laughs> yeah. or was it actually a, a blame or uh actually a, a fault from you
1: um no that was uh this one was planned um
2: yeah yeah i've, uh, I've done
1: yeah. some things i've done some things when i revealed something i shouldn't so that's why a lot of people thought it was real and and that it was a mistake but um <laughs>
2: that
1: was, no, planned, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it, it was it was all planned yeah um it was funny but a lot of people thought I did it, well, you know, it was real because there's been um, some things over the past few years where I leaked something or I said something I shouldn't have said and I said it too early. So, um, no, there's a there's a good mixture of, of things I do by accident and I regret. And then this kind of thing, which is is planned, but it's still funny and yeah. takes the, the mick out of me a little bit.
2: It's your kind of thing, right, to do? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's good fun to do. <laughs> do you feel that the same in Formula 1? Are there too many robots on the grid?
1: I mean, I think there are quite a few. I think, again, it's changed a little bit over the last few years. Um, and and people have changed, I think, quite a bit since, not since I've just joined, but um, you know, since Daniel is quite a free guy and says what he wants a bit, and, and same with me. Um, I think you you've seen some other drivers in, in the paddock change a little bit over the last two years or, or the last year or so with um doing more social media and and trying to be more normal and and speak more freely kind of thing. So um I think there are still robots, of course, but uh I think it's is changing with people like Daniel, people like me, um, who come in and just be themselves and, and don't try and pretend to be someone cool or someone Um, amazing they just be themselves be normal be a normal human and um and people kind of like that so uh yeah that's the way it is
2: sounds good uh harry told me to to stop now Uh, just just, uh, a little uh, on and on the end there like you said daniel will i be too much (laughs) next year with you and daniel (laughs) in the same team when it comes to all this stuff you're talking about now
1: um no I think we'll have a, a good split you know we'll, we'll have a lot of fun moments and I'm sure we have a, a lot of cool exciting funny things coming up in the future but at the same time um he's a very hardworking guy and I would say you know for myself as well this year I've changed a lot more to trying to um not just be uh, a fun normal kind of guy but uh focus a lot on the racing and and still be professional and and act the way i need to when i have to so i think we all have a good time but i'll also look forward to working with him as a as a teammate and as another racing driver um and him as a race winner you know he's worked with red bull and and won races with them so you will have a different mentality and think of things maybe slightly differently and uh and i'll look forward to learning from him on on those kind of things
2: uh i want to speak about sim racing it, it's a lot of discussions about how real it is uh with which kind of similarities it is between yeah. the real world uh, and sim world uh can you with with uh, totally honestly put some points on what is actually real or not real at all with, with iRacing? racing yeah
1: um well i think one of the best things with i racing is um the the thought you need i guess firstly with the setup um there's a lot of things you can change uh so you need to be quite quite clever and if you're looking at the data as well a lot of the, the data helps um so I guess firstly using all of these tools can help you a lot mentally knowing what happens on a car and and so on um and uh I think that's very good it's a very good start then I guess with the actual driving itself um some of the tracks are very accurate like the the visuals and the graphics are probably some of the best graphics you know out of out of a lot of programs um and it has a very good combination of both graphics and um also drivability you know some programs have amazing graphics and the handling is the worst thing in the world so mm, grand
2: um, talking yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> yeah. and um and some programs have very good handling um more like r factor two for some cars not all of them and uh, and have terrible, terrible graphics. So um, iRacing is the best one in the middle. You know, it has it's good for the driving. Um, maybe isn't the most realistic for driving because you have to drive it in quite a, a gentle way. You can't slide the car. You
2: can Yeah, the tire models is, uh, may, yes. many are criticized the tire models a lot, and I, yeah, I'm not exactly. very, very into that, uh, but, but no, I but... can feel the tires are very special there
1: yeah you have to drive very smoothly right on the limit of the grip and as soon as you go over it it goes very wrong so Mm. you can't you don't get the sensation of sliding and pushing the car on the limit or locking up sometimes you have to always be a bit under the limit and drive very smoothly very gently so that's the i guess one of the biggest things that isn't so good um and you don't get the sensation of um, yeah, the sliding and correcting the car all the time and, and everything like that. So,
2: But isn't um, that also I, something you good in, in the real life that you actually have to be smooth? They say smooth is, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast or something like that. Uh, yes. Can you adapt that to a real <laughs> Formula 1
1: car? <laughs> um, I, I think in, in Formula 1, you almost have to because of how much aerodynamics there is. Um, it's quite different to a lot of other categories. So in Formula 1, you almost don't want to be sliding as much um because then the car stops working as well but in in a lot of cars like gt3 especially in gt cars that's all you're doing you know is on the limits and you're in the abs you're smashing the brake pedal and that's something you can't really do on on iracing you have to be perfect with the the inputs and if you lock up it goes very wrong so
3: wow that was fun seaman thank you so much thank you mclaren and of course thank you lando norris
0: Thanks, guys. And actually, it was fairly well-timed, given that Lando Norris has only just launched his esports team called Quadrant Racing, right? But that's it from us on this episode. Guys, if you've liked our content, please leave us a rating and a review on whatever app you're listening to us on. Thank you very much for joining me this week, Mithila. Uh, Somil and I will preview the Turkish Grand Prix later this week. So, see you guys then.
3: Adios, guys. Cheers.